I found that nothing in life is worthwhile unless you take risks. Nothing. Nelson Mandela said, there is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that's less than the one you're capable of living. Now, I'm sure in your experiences in school and applying to college and picking your major and deciding what you want to do with life, I'm sure people have told you to make sure you have something to fall back on. Make sure you got something to fall back on, honey. But I never understood that concept, having something to fall back on. If I'm going to fall, I don't want to fall back on anything. I want to fall forward. I figure at least this way I'll see what I'm going to hit. Without consistency, you'll never finish. So do what you feel passionate about, passionate about. Take chances. Don't be afraid to fail. There's an old IQ test was nine dots and you had to draw five lines with a pencil within these nine dots without lifting the pencil. The only way to do it was to go outside the box. Don't be afraid to think outside the box. Don't be afraid to fail big, to dream big. But remember, dreams without goals are just dreams. Hey, welcome back to the 40 Pep Podcast. I'm your host, Nolan Beck, and this is where we bring leadership experience straight to your ears. On today's episode, I have a special guest that you've all been wanting to hear from. His name's Eric Lira, and this past year at the rally, he was named GM of the Year in the U.S., so he's got some great advice for us. We talk about his store, um, how he produces the hustle and the culture he sets in his store. I mean, this guy, he runs like a 15-minute ADT. And those of you out there running stores, you know how hard that is. And it's got to be a team effort. It's got to be a team hustle. And this guy knows how to do it. And he's been doing it. And he's setting the tone um, for a lot of us out there. So those of you interested in being GM of the year, I highly recommend this episode. Uh, Please take a listen, and I hope you enjoy. Hey, it's me, Rocco. And this is another segment of What Annoids Me. What annoys me right now is the weather. It's hot. So hot. I stick to everything. When it's this hot, a lot of people get frustrated. Well, I'm here to tell you guys how to deal with the heat. So when it's hot, we got to take some extreme measures. We got to make sure we have water in the store for our people. Go out, buy a case of water, stick it in your walk-in, make sure they stay hydrated. Also, I gotta make sure I take better care of my food. When it's that hot, food sweats more, gets to high temperatures a lot faster. So I gotta make sure that I'm paying attention to what those temperatures are. Check it more often. And I also gotta keep the lids closed. If you don't keep the lids closed, that heat's just hitting that food. It also keeps the flies out if you have issues with flies. Cause in the summertime when it's this hot, there's flies around. 
The best way to deal with that is keep your store clean. Don't leave food particles on the floor. Keep your lids closed. Keep your doors closed. Another thing you can do to deal with the heat, go take a break in the walk-in. It's perfectly fine to go chill out for a few minutes. Just make sure there's somebody able to listen to the phones, greet customers if they walk in, and make product if we get an online order. But take turns. Enjoy the cool air in that walk-in because it's hot outside. Also, with the heat, creates severe storms. And here in Arizona, we have what you call monsoons, which is a 20-minute storm that unleashes a lot of rain and winds. This is very dangerous for our drivers, so they need to be safe. Also, anybody who leaves the store, guess what happens when they come back in? They have wet feet. Put signs up for your customers. Also, make sure your employees know, walk carefully. We don't want any broken ankles out there. But most importantly, in the summertime, with the heat, with the rain, with the winds, make sure your team's safe out there. Well, that's this episode of What Annoids Me. Have a good day, y'all. Hey, hey, guys, this is Nolan Beck with the 40 Pet Podcast, and I got a special guest today. Now, if you were at the rally, at the rally, they give out lots of awards. Uh, they give out Franny's Supervisors of the Year. Um, they also give out a, a particular award um, to a GM, not only a, of the world, but um, specifically in the U.S. And today, my guest is the winner of that award. His name is Eric Lira, is that correct? That is right. All right. Thank you, Eric, uh, for joining us today. Um, it's pretty cool how I, I got in contact with Eric. Um, obviously, the, the last episode we had was with Corey McKenna, and Corey had won uh, GM of the year when, when he was a GM, and now he's a franchisee, and his one of his GMs actually won GM of the year. So I had to ask Corey if I could talk to this dude uh, just to pick his brain a little bit and, and, you know, see what, what, you know, the masterpiece he is, um, you know, represents and what he brings to, to the field and what experience and leadership qualities he may have that you guys could listen to and, and maybe take on. So again, thank you, Eric, for, for joining us. I greatly appreciate it. I know as a GM, you're probably extremely busy. Um, so I know your time away from your family and your time away from work is very precious. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I've been looking forward to, to speaking with you ever since I saw you at the rally and I didn't actually get to talk to you face to face, but I got Corey. And so that, that's, that's how we met guys. Uh, and so I've never talked to him before. This is a completely uh, organic conversation, but I thought it'd be really, really cool for you guys to hear from the horse's mouth of what it's like to be GM of the year. So can I get your background story a little bit? You know, what brought you into Domino's? What got you to become a GM? And like, what do you love about this job? Um, so a little bit of background, I guess. Um, I got the job um, because I had a friend that worked with Domino's a long time ago. Um, and I was looking for a job. I applied to like a lot of places, um, in the DFW area or around where I live. And like, nobody would call me. And my mom was like, Hey, don't you have a friend that works at Domino's? 
at the specific store that Corey McKenna was the GM at. And I was like, yeah, but I don't know if I want to work for Domino's. Um, and she was like, well, she applied, you know, it would be a job. So I was like, yeah, I guess. So I remember it was, it's like kind of hidden, not really. Um, and I was like, no one oldest Domino's. Like, I'll be working there like four days a week. It'll be slow. It'll be fun. Like, I get paid to do nothing. So that's cool. Um, <laughs> and my parents made me get a job. My dad, when I turned 16, he told me, you can get a job where you can get out my house. So, ah, there we go. I was like, all right. He, he taught you at a young age how to be responsible, huh? Yeah. And I was like, you can't do this to me. I'm, I'm your son. <laughs> so, you know, I went to get the job. I applied, and Corey was there, actually. And I was like, hey, could I speak to a manager? And he's like, I'm the manager. And I was like, you know, this kid looks like he could be my older brother. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I'm, I'm looking for a job. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, and, you know, come back this day for interview. And so, I mean, that's basically it. Honestly, if it wasn't for my mom, I wouldn't be here because she's the one that told me to, like, apply for Domino's. Shout out to mom. Yep, most <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and then, um, well, you know, I started working under uh, Corey and a lot of really, really good assistants there. Uh, some good, some bad. You know how it goes. Anywhere. Um, and, well... I work with like Elias. He's a GM of our company now. He's also really, really good. Um, he ran like one of the best delivery times in the nation last year. I think it was like 13.5 or something mm-hmm. crazy like that. And we're going to talk about that later because this guy, he, he runs what is it like a 15 minute ADT? Is that, is that what uh, you had? Oh, yeah. For last year, I had 15.88. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's insane, crazy, and I, I love hearing stories like that because, like, getting your team to hustle is is one one thing, um, but getting them to hustle on a daily basis when you're there, when you're not there, and it's it's a team effort, like that's truly a statement of what kind of culture that you you kind of breed in your store because that like you can have that one all star that is always running in and out, but to get the whole staff to do that, that's quite. An accomplishment, and honestly, like that's one of the greatest stories I heard when they were giving out the awards. I, I heard fifteen something minutes, and I was like, "My God, I can't imagine every single one of my employees running to and from their vehicle, no matter how hard I tried to convince them, their tips would go up or whatever." So, is that because you were brought into that culture? Was that like Corey's mentality when he was a GM, and, and you started working for him? Oh, most definitely. I mean, um, the whole team really, um, from when I started, you know, like move with the purpose, you know, like urgency is key. Um, and like, we were very competitive between each other. Uh, the insiders, uh, we would try to have the best pep times, the fastest pep time, the highest, like average tip, you know, like trying to learn thing, new things every day, really. Um, and like back in the day, like everybody hustled, that was like, our thing if you don't hustle you're the odd one out you know you're mm-hmm. like the one person that's not hustling so um to me um being an insider and seeing that i was like well you know that's just who we are that's just what we do here we just hustle that's it's part of the job right yeah yeah so you know i would uh you know i was an insider and i would i learned a lot um uh, I, I tell this to people Corey would spoil me with a lot of uh knowledge so when I became an assistant, I didn't even know I was going to be an assistant. Um, 
Corey told me, well, I talked to Corey a little bit and I was like, Hey, look, I want to take a year off school. Once I graduate, maybe I want to be a mechanic or something. And, uh, I'll, you know, give Domino's a try for like six months, you know, semester or something. And then we'll go from there. Um, he's like, yeah, yeah, I have plans for you to go to Carrollton. Um, you know, the store can use your help. And I was like, yeah, I don't care. Like I'll be an inside, like whatever. Um, and like two days prior, they were like, oh yeah, here's your schedule. You're opening by yourself Monday and Tuesday. And I was like, with what manager? And they're like, you are the manager. So I was like, oh, okay. I'm, <laughs> got it, okay. So. Uh, it's a different way of getting tossed into the fire, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I can do it. And they're like, well, you know how to do everything, right? And I was like, I mean, yeah, yeah, technically. They're like, yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. So that was my introduction to management. I just, uh, uh, I was never asked. I was just made. <laughs> so, which is good. You know, I'm, I'm happy now. That's how it should be, right? right? No, most definitely, yeah. And I mean, same thing in that store room. It was one of the first stores that we split in uh, G4 back in the day when Robert was around. Um, oh, G4 days. I remember G4. Yeah. <laughs> so it was the first store that we split. So I was one of the opening managers, one of the persons that opened the store, right? So uh, Joey was a GM. I was an assistant there. We had other people. And same thing, you know, everybody hustled. We did our thing. Um, it's just like, it's harder when a company gets bigger and bigger. Um, you know, before it was five people, right? You got five stores, five GMs. So like, I feel like the pool of like what you can pull from, like, it's a little different, right? I feel like mm -hmm. the bigger it gets, the, the harder it is to get people to be under the same page, right? Mm -hmm. Because you have one GM if you have five GMs that are really, really good at what they do, then everybody can do the same thing, right? You can mm -hmm. replicate it multiple times. But once you start getting into, like, the higher number stores, you know, 100 stores or whatever people have nowadays, I feel like it's really hard. You're very disconnected from the people and, like, things like that. Because, like, I mean, we have 13 stores, I think, right now. And there's some people that I don't know. And, like, back in the day, like, you kind of knew everybody already. Yeah. You re uh, relied on everybody, right? Like, yeah. You know, small, small franchises, those stores, like they rely on helping each other out with food, with staffing, just because it, it is such a small community. And when you're helping somebody out so much, you kind of build those connections and you, you truly start caring for them. And when they're hurting, you want to help them. And, and when you're hurting, they want to help you. And, and you know, that also goes back to culture and, and, what I really like, what I'm hearing coming from you, and and same thing with Corey is, like you guys set that tone, like from day one. Like you even said when you started working, like it was expected of you to hustle with anything and everything, and it was expected of you to kind of, you know, jump the gun and and kind of attack your your weaknesses, let's say. Um, and and so in that in that culture. How how is it to where that becomes like the standard? So like with every new employee coming in, I, I'm I'm gonna assume that you're not the one that trains everybody that comes into your store, right? Right, right. I have a so yeah, you got assistants and and you probably have some CSRs that know phones really well that you you know, might trust to to train uh, the new guy or whatever. Um, but 
how do you maintain that culture so that that doesn't falter? Every new person coming in either understands and can meet that expectation or they understand where they're at in that expectation and it doesn't it's not going to work out and so they usually leave. How how do you maintain that in, in your store GM of the year? <laughs> so uh, every time I have uh, somebody, I'm doing paperwork, right? Like we go through the handbook, talk about expectations. And um, at the end of the handbook, um, there's like uh, general practices. And that's basically what I tell people that you use to like shape the people you want to have in your team. So I would say like, okay, so everybody here hustles. Uh, you run from your car, you run to the store, you run to the customer's house. Okay, that's just what we do. Now, I don't expect you to sprint, but I do want you to move with the purpose. That is what we do here. I also tell them, like, make sure you're washing dishes when there's downtime. Uh, you know, make sure you stay busy, uh, things like that. So they know from the get-go, if they want to work here, that's what they will have to do. They have to hustle, right? And so, like, and when they go out with me into, like, you know, the front and, like, um, they're watching their peers, like, hustle to the car, hustle back. You know, and they're just like, oh, yeah, I mean, everybody hustles, right? Like, whatever, I don't care. So it's just expected. If, you, if you're not hustling, then that means that you're the odd one out. And, like, you know, as a GM, you don't take many deliveries. Um, but even my assistants, I'd be like, you're taking this delivery, make sure you're hustling. Like, if I take a delivery, I'm hustling, right? Mm -hmm. Because I can mm -hmm. expect my team to do it if I'm not going to do it, right? Like you, you gotta, gotta lead you gotta by be example. An example. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You gotta be an example. And and not just you, like your assistants, I mean, the whole hierarchy. I mean, I'm sure you've had an employee that just started that you were nervous that wasn't gonna meet those expectations. Is that a, a safe statement? Like you, they started and they weren't they weren't that hustling type. Um and when when you were in that situation, like how did you handle it? Did you just say, "Nope, not going to work out"? Cut their hours, get them out of here, or are are you guys like? Do you have a system that works with them to get them up to that level? Um. So I've definitely had one employee that I can think of that wouldn't hustle, but it was towards the end of my time in that specific store because I did get transferred. Um. And, like, I would just tell her, I was, like, you don't make good money because you don't hustle or, like, you don't move with efficiency. Like, all your peers are doing, like, $100 a night. You're doing, like, 20 30 50 right? Um, and I just tell people, like, you make as much money as you want to make, right? Like, I'm here in my store. I make sure that your order is correct. I make sure that the food looks good. But if you want to take five minutes in your car, if you want to take your time, like, getting out of the parking lot, if you want to take your time getting into your car, that's really not like that. That's up to you, like up to extent you're in your own boss, right? And if you don't want to hustle and you don't want to make good money, that's on you. Um, and like you know, I would say like you know, if you're not performing, then you know I'm gonna give your hours to somebody that will. Or if you're not performing well, then I'm gonna have to I'll give your hours to somebody that does that wants the money more than you, right? Mm -hmm. And usually like. I have a saying that I say, like, I don't fire people. I just push them away. So, mm -hmm. like, if you, you know, if you're not good, I'm just not going to give you hours. And you're going to realize, like, hey, I work Monday rush and I work here for an hour and then I go home and then I'm free the rest of the week. And it's like, yeah, but you don't hustle. You don't do anything. So why would I give you more hours? You know, when I have, mm -hmm. you know, over here, like 
I have Chris or I have, you know, Jay that like sprint to their car every single delivery that just hustle and move with the purpose and make hundreds of dollars. Like, I was going to say, they're probably making pretty good bank because two things happen there. One, like the customer is going to be happy. They're getting their food <laughs> with you guys in like 16 minutes. I mean, any anybody ordering pizza, that is like one of those wow moments. If you get your food in, in 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I guarantee you that customer is going to be like, wow. And, and Domino's is all about the wow factor. We, we used to have the wow saying, like, we want to wow the customer. Like, that's what separates us from the competitors, the aggregators, because we've always been faster. We made that expectation to be faster than those competitors. The second thing that happens with that is, like, their money is 100% in their control. And... If you can get them to realize that you're going to make more money by literally just quick stepping faster, like a lot of drivers are going to say, well, that's, that's BS. Like, how do I make more money? There wasn't a, a, a run up when I got back. Well, you didn't know that. When, when you were coming back. You didn't know there were, there, now nowadays we got the GPS and, and we have a little more information where it kind of gives us a heads up that an order's ready. But like, if, if you don't know there's an order back, I would expect one to be there when I get back, which is more money for me if I get it to the customer you know, a lot faster. On top of that, if I'm taking two deliveries in a half hour, whereas... Betty Sue is only taking one delivery a half hour. Well, I'm making twice as much money as she is. You know, if if we're taking the average tip of, per per delivery, that's how you make more money. And for those of you trying to get this culture of hustle and, you know, that that kind of mentality of attacking every order as fast as possible and getting it to the customer as fast as possible, like you are setting yourself up for for money. Like, and that's why we all have jobs, right? And and so when you make that connection to them and they understand the faster they move, the more deliveries they take, the more money they make, that's usually enough to make them satisfied because they're they're working for money. Like that's why we all work. I don't do this for fun. Oh, maybe the podcast I do a little bit for fun. But I I am not a supervisor of Domino's for fun. I was not a GM for Domino's for fun. I did it because I had responsibilities. I had bills. I have a family I got to take care of. Not only that, I like to have fun when I'm not at work. I like to go out. I like to go to dinner. I like to go to concerts. And people will realize when they don't have hours, they don't take as many deliveries, they don't make as much money. And they got a choice then. They can either be stuck in that spot where they're barely making it, which some people are okay with. And, and I, I've got some of those people employed with me. And then there, there's the other people that realize this ain't going to work. I either need to step it up here so I can make more money, or I got to go find a different means of, of financial service, whether it's a new job or a second job or, or whatever. But in the end, as GMs or as supervisors, like we get what we want because if they aren't going to make it, they're going to leave anyways because they can't pay for what they need to pay for. And if they are going to make it, well, good. You just made a better employee out of somebody who had no intention of, of hustling. And, and so 
What I love that you said that I think a lot of GMs miss in the initial interview or first day or first week of training is you went over the expectations right off the bat. Um, a lot of times I hear in interviews when, when somebody's interviewing for a job, they ask a lot about, you know, what's your experience? What days can you work and how many hours can you work? Okay. A lot of times in interviews, and, and this is especially when I interviewed people, I didn't ask those types of questions. That, that I would ask, you know, after I gave them a job, I would literally ask them who they were, what they were about, do they have a family, what's their motivations in life, like what did, why did they need this job, why do you need your money? And then the rest of my interview was me telling them my expectations for them. And as soon as they know, you know, I expect you to be on time. I expect you to hustle. I expect you to have a positive mentality when you're at work. I also expect you to be part of the team. When they know those expectations, doesn't mean they're going to live up to them. It does not. But knowing it's half the battle. If they know what they are, then you can at least correct them when they're not meeting it or guide them, train them a little bit better when they're not meeting it. But at least they know. And they're not surprised when on first day you're telling them to go run to your car and they're like, what? Well, why do I have to run? Like, I don't like to run. Well, that's what we're about. So those of you listening, you know, it starts from the interview. Let them know your expectations. Let them know why you're hiring them, what you need them for. You need a fast driver? Tell them, I need a fast driver. I need somebody who's going to come in and hustle. And if you got people on your staff that aren't meeting those expectations, or you have a lot of people on your staff not meeting those expectations, when you start hiring, you need to start telling those expectations because either those people you have now are either going to change and will start meeting your expectations or they won't. But either way, you need to get some new blood in there to get some competition going so that people are encouraged and wanting to work faster, harder, and want to make more money. Is that, it seems like that's what you guys kind of do as well. Is that correct? Most definitely. I mean, and another thing I want to touch on is um, also management. It's not just like you can't expect your drivers to hustle. You can't expect them to do what you want them to do if you as the GM, like, don't hustle. If you mm -hmm. as the assistant, senior assistant, don't hustle. If you as a shift runner, don't hustle, right? And I hammer that into my assistants and to everybody because I tell them, uh, like, you can't, you choose the mood for your shift. If you show up in a bad mood, uh, no one did anything to you here. You're just showing up in a bad mood. That's not on anybody. That's on you. Mm -hmm. And, like, I've had a lot of people that don't like me because I have very, very high expectations as far as, like, their performance. Mm -hmm. And I also have a lot of really, really good people that like me because I have really high expectations about their performance. And have you have you gotten like the the phone call from somebody you knew didn't like you, but like a year later they call you up or text you say, "Hey man, thanks thanks for being so hard on me. Like I I learned a lot from you. I'm sorry I was such a dick to you. Like have you had that experience yet? Uh, no. But I've had a lot of people that come back. Because, yeah. like, they want to work for me. And I'm like, nah, you weren't, like, up to expectations. So sorry, dude. Like, can't have you here. 
Um, and like, that's just how it is. But I mean, it's like I was saying, like, you really can't change your people if you're not willing to change yourself, you know? Uh, when I got transferred to that specific store that I got the GM of the Year award for, um, like, the first thing I did is made sure that, like, everybody was in uniform. Like, everybody was, like, uh, being professional and respectful towards each other. And nobody was clocking in early or clocking in late. And if they were late, I would, like, no. Like, tell them, hey, if you're late again, you're getting a write-up. So that they understand that, like, this new GM is not just here to, like, let us do whatever we go on. Like, he's here to lead us, right? And, yeah, you're going to lose people. Like, that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. But the people that stuck around were like, man, like, I'm happy as stuck. They're because relieved. now everybody, yeah. now everybody's on time. Everybody hustles. Like, everybody is, uh, you know, we can count on them to show up to their shifts and things like that, right? Um, and same with the management team. Like, right now, like, my managers, like, I tell them, I was like, look, I'm going to be very, very hard on you about your performance but I'm also going to call you out on the things you do right, right? Because I can't like... Mm -hmm. That's the most important part, right? Yeah, you can't just call out what they do wrong. You have to also let them know what they're doing right. Um, And so like my assistants now, I'm like, hey, like we left and your load time went up a minute. Like what's up with that? Like that is not okay. You've got to be better than that. Like if you're giving me 100%, I expect 110%. If you're not giving me 100%, you shouldn't even be here today. So, and they understand now that that's just how I am. Like I, I want to do it for them because like my sisters want to be GMs. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, you yep. can't be a GM with bad habits. Like that's just mm-hmm. not how it works. Um, and so like they're, they're doing better than they're getting better than little by little. Um, but thankfully they have really good attitudes. So that really helps mm-hmm. a lot too. Um, cause I also tell them like, I can teach you how to be a GM, but I can't teach you how the right attitude. So if you can't, do that for yourself and sorry, there's nothing I can do for you. Well, and, and lucky for you, you got some people that want to be GMs. Cause I mean, sometimes that's, that's the hard part is getting them to, to want that and have the drive to continue like their growth and, and the learning process. And cause when you have somebody that wants to be a GM, man, like that was always a blessing in my eyes because I can toss you anything that is related to that position. And like, I always hear yet, yeah, Yes, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. I want to learn, I want to learn, I want to learn. And, and that made my job so much easier. Not only like did I get to delegate some of my responsibilities as a GM off to somebody else, but what I loved about it most was I took part in this person's career growth. So when they finally get their store, like I feel like a million bucks. Like I felt like I did my job, but... Not only that, I, like I helped this person get to a better spot in their life, and honestly, like as a supervisor, I get to do that a lot more often. Like that's and that's why I love this job is I get to teach a lot, I get to help people better their careers, I get to help mold people that literally started out as a CSR and now are running, you know, profitable stores. I don't want to get into numbers or anything like that on the podcast, but let's just say profitable stores and they're making bonus. Their families are living in a house. They're able to buy a house, which, you know, back in the day, a a GM, you know, for Domino's pizza, that was kind of a, a, a dream, you know, to actually own a house. Um, and, and now it's becoming more and more prevalent that, 
you know, GMs are starting to be able to afford houses, which I think is truly important. Um, you know, a house is an investment. You you own that. Like that's something you get to keep. And when you're renting, you're you're literally throwing money into somebody else's home payment, right? <laughs> and so, you know, I think it's it's a goal for a lot of GMs to eventually own the, own their house and. You know, so when I hear those stories and, and they kind of accomplish those goals, like that's what that's what I get my kicks out of. Like that's why I really enjoy this job. It's not because of the computer work. It's not even because of the podcast or any of that. It's when I see people become successful, and I, I, I have a feeling you you're kind of the same way. Like when you have your assistants and they kind of get, reach that next level, and I don't know what your guys' training program is like or anything, but you know that when they progress and, and those milestones in their progression of their career, do you kind of get that warm feeling or that like joyous feeling of like, yeah, I, I helped with that. And I'm sure as GM of the year, you've, you've had, you know, uh, some experiences like that. Yeah. That was the episode with Eric Lira, US GM of the Year, part one. Next week, we should have part two, so come back, take a listen to it. Um, please let us know what you think of this episode, past episodes, and what you want to hear in the future. You can email me at 40peppodcast at dpzwest.com. That's the number 40peppodcast at dpzwest.com. All right, and we got one more segment for you guys. We got the shout-outs. We got some five-star shout-outs uh, this week. Um, it looks like we got quite a few five-stars in the company. Um, so we're going to just start out with Gabriella Sandoval at store 7914, Dylan Alvarado at store 8576, Urias Lopez at store 8589, Bryson Stevens at store 7890. Brendan Richard at store 8123. Wilbur Auburn at store 7870. Stephanie Lugo at store 7729. And Alberto Ortega at store 7810. Thank you so much, guys, for your hard work. Congratulations. Shout out to all of you and your teams. I know how hard it is to get that five-star, and we really greatly appreciate it. And we are on a roller coaster of five stars right now. It seems like every week we do an episode, I'm doing shout outs. So keep it up, guys. This is this is one thing I truly love to do is, is giving you guys credit for all the hard work you're doing. So um, that's all I have for this week. Next week, we got part two. Come check it out. But until then, be great out there, guys.